0: Hi, I'm Natalia and you're listening to Advanced Copy, a podcast for independent thinkers in fashion. Today, we're welcoming Lucia Vergara, founder of Accessories and Object Studio Apreski. Established in 2009 in Barcelona, the brand sells unique items from Lucia's personal observations of different cultures and traditions. In this intimate conversation, Lucia discusses her spiritual approach to managing a ski adding a bespoke clothing collection, and letting go of expectations in fashion. So stay tuned to find out what helped our guest, and may help you to develop a successful independent brand in any corner of the world. Hi Lucia, welcome to Advanced Copy. Would you mind introducing us to who you are and your work with Apreski? Well,
1: I study audiovisual communication at the beginning. I was like, when I was 18, completely lost. I didn't know what to do. I was like a bit with the mood of not studying in my city but not really clear in mind what I would like to do. And when I was a child, I had, all, every summer, I had like a little soap with my cousins. The other day, my, my uncle sent a picture and I was really like in the mood for sale, like whatever I was doing in the summer, no? So I was feeling that it was always inside of me, the look for the artisanal work and for doing things with hands, but you know, I was like a really good student, so my parents wants me to study something kind of engineer or something kind of important, no, with my mm. quotes in, in school. So I was deciding to study audiovisual communication because I was loving cinema and it, it was something that it was like inspiring to me to to do that, but then when I started like the professional career, I was working in TV and I really didn't like it. And I was surrounded by so many creative people. I had a boyfriend that was an artist, and too many uh, friends around that they were like doing creative projects. And I was uh, kind of always thinking, should mm-hmm. I try something? I didn't have money to study another university. And in a moment in my life, I like broke up with my boyfriend, leave my city and, and quit the job. So I came to Barcelona mm-hmm. with the intention of studying fashion. But I was not really into fashion in the general way and in the way that I, I was never really interested in pattern or just more like the, the artisanal work. So I met by chance a designer, a fashion designer, and we were having really like a strong connection. So I started working for her. Uh, She was like, from the first moment telling me, I think you will be good in accessories. She didn't have accessories part in the fashion brand. So she was asking me to do that. And I was starting to learn really like organically, naturally, like. I I don't know, I was doing from bags to sometimes I was designing clothes, sometimes scarves, uh, jewellery. I was doing too many things. Um, Learning by myself all the time and learning with the money of other person, which is always a bit stressful because you need to be sure that what you are doing is good. So (laughs) it was kind of... Different school. I was suffering a lot <laughs> because I was so young and I didn't know how to do too many things. But in a way, I was feeling that it was for me. You know, like I, I was feeling that there was something inside of me that allows me to 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 learn by myself. Mm-hmm. And then, in two thousand and eight, crisis came to Spain. It was like a very bad moment for industry they almost high uh, kick out everyone in the in the business and I was one of the last ones but at the end uh, I lost my job and everyone from long time ago was like you need to do your own brand you are really good you need to like to try to do your own things and I was feeling so young and with no experience no money you know like I, I was not feeling that life is giving me the chance to do that. No, no idea of how to set a business. I was completely like, I, I'm not ready for do anything like a brand. But as I need money, I start to do too many different things, like being artistic director for projects. Like selling fabrics, that I was getting a huge stock of fabrics, and I was selling these from home. And then I started to do my necklaces for me and for my friends. And my friends were talking about my necklaces to few owners of shops, and the shops started to ask me to do that. And it was growing really like quickly and with no intention. In fact, I was naming Apreski the brand because. During the time I was working for this fashion designer, there was an intern, really funny and crazy. And we were like sometimes inspired by upper ski clothes to design. Mm-hmm. So she was always joking. When we will have a brand, we will call upper ski the brand. Mm-hmm. And as I had no idea, and I never imagined that that will ground and be like my, my, my life... I was, okay, I will name King. <laughs> but anyway, it was happening like this. Mm. And I don't know. Then I moved to London for a year. And then there I met a, a girl from Swiss. And she was really good in terms of organization and production. And she started helping me with the brand. We were having a super nice relation. And she was helping a lot to set up like few, um, I don't know, ways to work because I was more chaotic and I was just interested in the creative part and Mm. I I was not interested in that. And I was earning a contest from a blog in in Paris and the reward was inviting me to a trade show in, in Paris. So... In Spain, the situation was really bad for for economy. But as I was earning that contest, I was uh, showing the brand for international customers and it was having a super nice, um, how do you say, it? like, was successful in a way. So I just started to have more customers from abroad and that allowed me to, to keep a bit, like, The business, in a way.
0: So, from moving from Barcelona to London, and then also showing the collections in Paris, what did the collection and the materials of those first jewelry pieces look like at the beginning? I was tending
1: a lot Uh, at the beginning. I was painting uh, wood bits by hand. It was super, like, minutious process, and I was spending hours and hours and hours just painting the bits. So I didn't have too much time to do creative work. Then I started working with acetate. I think I was one of the first brands that working with acetate and that makes me have kind of, I don't know, grown a bit the name of someone that was doing something different. And I feel it's just because I never studied fashion that I always found new ways to create because no one was Telling me how to do a jewel. Mm. So I was doing whatever I would like to 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 wear. So I always was interested in the fake tortoise acetate, the material, because my mother was always loving that. Mm. So I was founding uh, a glass company that was able to do like the little pieces to assemble the, mm. the jewelry. And then all the time, like, funding by chance someone that was producing something that I was interested in and changing the materials.
0: So you didn't plan to start a ApreSki. You didn't follow a structure or write a business strategy like we're recommended to do so often. So how did you have so much faith and trust in yourself? Because I can imagine it must have been quite difficult at times.
1: I didn't want to have a brand because I was... Working for a fashion brand for three years, and I know what what was having that. And now that I have like more and more spiritual life, I understand that is the only way to live, no, mm-hmm. being in the present. Mm-hmm. But I never had objectives. I mm-hmm. never had plans of future or mm-hmm. goals. You know, like I just doing Yeah, and changing in in I don't know. Yes, feeling that nothing happens if it's not working, you know, like just try and try to do the things as much similar as you think that you wanted to do it, not following how you should do the things, no, and then let's see, like at the beginning I was doing things that I didn't like to do, like posing for portraits, that I don't like people taking pictures of me and I was saying yes because I was feeling you need to do it because if you are not doing this, you are out of everything. Mm -hmm. Then I realized, no, I can do whatever I want. If I want to keep my my privacy and not being like kind of character in fashion, I can
0: do it. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't mean that it will not work. That's so refreshing to hear. And also when I was preparing for this conversation, I read a few of your earlier interviews and every time you would say that you don't have a goal or strategy in mind. So you're being yourself and following your own path, uh, which is quite rare to hear in fashion, I think, this idea of being free because that's what it is. It's kind of allowing things to happen.
1: But also because it's something that I said by myself, no one was putting money into the project. Mm-hmm. So I'm completely free. If I want to close the brand tomorrow, I can do it. And in a way, I will not suffer that much. You know, I'm not really attached. As soon as I think that I need something really like a need, I'm not interested in it. So I'm always mm-hmm. doing the, the exercise of thinking, Will you be able to do something completely different? And I'm always saying, yes, I could close tomorrow the brand and I will yeah. not feel like sadness. And you are not closing anything. It's just yeah. what I'm doing now to express or to enjoy the things I enjoy. And because of that, I started to do clothing. Mm. This. And I already was in crisis uh, before pandemic because I went to Senegal and Africa is so strong. Africa connects you with something really like, it's, it's ground, it's something so powerful. And I went in December with my family. And after that, I was crying every, every day for 10 days. I was crying, all the time crying, feeling kind of sadness. Like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. No, I'm losing like the essential a way to live that I was having, like just thinking I want to be happy every day. And I was feeling I'm so like hooked to the fashion industry. I need to launch a collection every six months. I need to go to, go to the trade shows. I don't like to go to the trade shows. I would like to explore another material, but I'm afraid to do it because if I'm doing it and it's not working, I have a team that I, they, they, they work for me because of me and it was like enough enough of this like and i was deciding okay i'm gonna make the company more uh, smaller if i can like i will just keep one person and i will like make the business uh, maybe i will i was thinking about not selling anymore to the shops or you know like kind of Mm -hmm. let's set this in a way that I feel better, but I was deciding this, feeling a lot of freedom, like relief, no? Like, okay, like I can do this, I'm not responsible of the other yeah. life, person's life, doesn't matter if you don't give work for 20 people, <laughs> you know, that kind of feeling that sometimes you have, like, Okay, if I'm able to create work for everyone, why I'm not doing it? No, You feel a bit selfish, mm-hmm. but at the end, you're not happy. Doesn't make sense, no? And I was designing this and then starting the textiles part, which is something that I was always interested in. And... It was feeling again, like the feeling of enjoy your work. A new process, enjoy something that I never did before. Enjoy like again doing like uh, unique pieces. Like every piece that I'm doing now is like, it has a bit of creativity.
0: It's so wonderful to hear what you've done because at one point you were not happy and you decided to actually listen to that feeling and to make a change. And I think you said it completely right. If you're not happy, then it doesn't matter if your business is doing well. Because at the end of the day, it's not bringing you joy. And that goes down to your employees and also, in a way, the objects that you're creating.
1: At the end, you are doing something that is not necessary. You know, it's not like bread. So I was always feeling, at least, as I'm not doing something that it helps in a social way, Mm -hmm. at least doing something that makes me happy and I'm being happy helps yeah. the others, yes. no? Because at the end it's an energy.
0: And exactly. my energy exactly. you
1: could feel it in a jacket or in a necklace. Mm. It it's it in the in the mm. thing. Like every time that someone is coming to my shop, my studio shop, the first thing they say is, Wow, it has a really good energy. Yes. I, I don't want anything like but this, you know, like like yes. the feeling is like it has a good energy because it's the only way that I feel that
0: I'm doing something for the world, in a way. And if you have an independent creative business that belongs to you, it is also a way to channel who you are and, as you said correctly, that energy that you have.
1: You know, when I'm going to the historical museums and I'm seeing all the objects, like the simple and that humility pottery or clothes on and I'm always thinking about this no like it was kind of necessity of the people since so 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 long to be dressed with things that represents you and to I don't know have a nice pottery at home but I don't like the manufactured uh, things because uh, to me I want that every piece I have at home is related to something that I love or Mm -hmm. a memory or an emotion, no? There are too many options, you know? At the end, it's like funding yours. Like, I, I see all these big companies and are okay to me if you want to decide that is the way you want. Even if you want to buy in Zara, I don't like at all, but if you prefer and you don't give importance to this, like, I don't want to become... And snob and tell mm-hmm. the people how they need to consume. It's like there are too so many options. And it's okay if, if it makes you happy. Everything yes. is okay. There is not good or bad. It's just what do you want for you? Let's yes. leave the people decide what is yes. better for them. You will never hear me to say support the small brands. Mm-hmm. Support Whatever you want. Yes, yes. To me, it's super nice that you're supporting me. But I don't feel I'm anyone to say to the others what they should do. Mm. find your own way to, to discover what is important to you.
0: And you can only do your best to be conscious, to be a good person and to try not to harm anything or anyone as much as you can. So now that we have a better idea about who you are, I'd love to know about more of the business side and so the current structure of Après Ski. How much has it changed since the beginning and what does the company look like right now?
1: At the beginning, I was not doing collections. I was doing almost unique pieces with uh, vintage materials and some of the bits I was painting but then when I went to that trade show and I started to have orders from shops, I started to doing collections, no seasons. Like I was not doing producing for in like six months in advance. I was selling what I was producing in the moment because it's accessories and it was easier in that sense. And we were producing in our studio because we were painting all the bits by ourselves. During all that years, like almost till two years ago, I was producer also. I was designing, but I was producing, and I was having always between two three people working for me, and depending on the moments, the times. But then, when I started to work with the Turkish artisans, uh, we don't have that big need at the studio of produce the, the manual part. So now I have Tirsa, which is in charge of uh, press and wholesale and then Mar, which is the photographer of our campaigns. And she also do the soap online. And I don't know too many things because at the end when you are like a small business, and I started to do all the part of textiles by, by myself. Like I'm still in charge of the team and in charge of, I don't know, too many decisions. Still designing the, the jewelry. And I skip the acetate part because I don't like anymore to work with acetate. So I decided to keep just the gold plated part, which is produced in Turkey my idea is to develop a bit more the textiles part. Mm-hmm. I would like to work like to experiment with textiles, maybe dye in some textiles techniques and mix this with being te- textiles.
0: It's fascinating to hear how you've managed to stay versatile over the years to always experiment and not put yourself in a box of only being a jewelry designer, or only a fashion designer.
1: That is related to fear, you know, mm-hmm. you are like stuck in something is yes. because yes. you have fear that not being successful in other part, or, and it's true that it takes so long to develop new things, but you know, I'm kind of not thinking too much. I was launching the clothes and I didn't have even a attack, you no, a logo for the brand, <laughs> for the clothes brand. I was, like, uh, sewing the the tag by myself. Like, I don't want to... I was taking the pictures with the phone at home because we were in quarantine, Mm -hmm. in lockdown. But that kind of freedom and doing the things with not fear and with not the feeling of people judging judging you because Mm -hmm. if I was selling to the shops the clothes, I will be like, I need the the label tag and I need... being like having a cardboard tag, also, and being so professional in a way, no? And it's like, come on, yes. not taking everything that seriously, no? Like, I mm. think people will understand because they understand the way I'm doing and the way, the way I want to produce and the way I want to express myself. And it's nice to see that it's possible in a way. Absolutely. You, know? you can do it. There, there will be always a, a small part of the people understand you. And again, is listen the energy. You know, when I started textiles, it happens that everyone, every, every person that came to my life was related to this and offering me ways to help. Listen that energy. If it's working, let's go. Yes. Let's go to try what there is there. If something is like stuck and you feel that it's not fluid, stop it. But Absolutely. at least try, no? At least allow yourself to to see what it is.
0: I think a lot of our listeners are still in the process of actually going over the changes that happened last year in 2020. So I wanted to touch on that a little bit and to hear how that year felt for you, uh, what's changed and maybe what you've learned in the process. To me
1: it started before March, no? It was feeling that something was wrong. You know, when you feel in the energy of planet and things, something is not... And I was calling my friend, a friend that I have that is really, really close friend of me, and we were like, what happened? What happened to us? I'm feeling kind of not depressed, but feeling something really weird, no? That this is start, and I was like, at least I now I know, no, what is happening. Mm. And at the beginning, I was so in shock because of this, because, like, let... Um, because to, you need to learn to be more flexible and not control things and don't think that you have the power of know what will be next, no? And that was connecting me to that part that I always like it, that live in the present. I was spending the quarantine alone, so I had too many time to think it was in in a moment it was like I don't want to think more about me (laughs) you know I was feeling I did the work (laughs) I already did the work because I was also reading a lot doing therapy uh, taking a lot of time to you know to go deep in yourself and obviously you can feel the the How important it is, like the people, the the human part, like to touch your friends, Mm. uh, which people is important to you, like the joy of, I don't know, like the simple things. And in a way, I was feeling so lucky because even if the company was not really good, my family was okay. Uh, I don't know, nothing really, really bad happens. Uh, Just the, the feeling of, Maybe I will need to close because we will not have enough money to keep it, but at the end i don 't know. I was more or less saving the the economy, and I started this textiles part which makes me really happy and it was kind of i don 't know a, a, a good year for myself. I f- felt that I learned a lot. And I am so grateful. And obviously, for too many people is so hard that makes you also concerned that we need to do something, no? I'm like more and more involved in social projects, and I, I was offering myself to do a project uh, with a foundation that is in Senegal working right now. And they are making they made a school like teaching people different uh, ways to to develop projects and they asked me to take uh, the textiles part so i will study a bit what they can do and develop some projects to sell all over the world the textiles they are doing and i'm really 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 into doing that kind of projects too and
0: help in a way. Sharing knowledge and skills is just such a great way to support and empower others. I think people have also realised that we need to share information. We need to care for each other and for the lives of others to build more meaningful working relationships and maybe contribute to making resilient communities around us. Community. Community is the world for this year, I think. This has been such a wonderful first conversation, uh, the perfect way to start the series of Advanced Copy Podcasts. So I want to say a huge thank you for opening up and sharing your experiences with Apreski, for also letting us into your world and being so honest about your life, your history with fashion and running an independent label. I'm sure your words will resonate with a lot of our listeners and also our readers. So I hope this conversation will inspire them on their individual paths in the industry, as much as you've inspired me today with your words. So again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Advanced Copy. We believe in sharing practical information to help create a healthy world of independent fashion. Subscribe and follow us on Instagram to find more pragmatic stories of how to get there. See you next time.